It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Welcome to another edition of the Giants huddle podcast. John Schmoke with you. Today's guest is former NFL linebacker and Fox NFL analyst Chris Spielman. But first, I want to remind you that the Giants Huddle Podcast is part of the Giants Podcast Network, which is presented by Investors Bank. You can find it on the Giants mobile app, your favorite podcast platforms, and Giants.com slash podcast. Now we're joined by our guest. He is Chris Spielman. He will be on the call for Fox Sunday at 1 o'clock, the Giants visiting the Cincinnati Bengals. Chris, thanks so much for being with us, and happy Thanksgiving. Well, happy Thanksgiving, and before we get started, I just want to say uh, what a great job the Giants' uh, website, podcasts, and all this information uh, that they have for the fans and for guys like me. Uh, it's a big part of my preparation, and the best part of it is that I don't have to waste coaches or players' times when I've already seen them interviewed and talked about and all that stuff. So I just, and a lot of teams do that, but I think the Giants uh, really do a great job of that. I'm not just saying that. I wouldn't tell you that if it wasn't real. So I just wanted to let uh, whoever, who's ever in charge of that uh, thank you from our, for our profession, and it saves everybody time, including the coaches and players. Well, Chris, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I will certainly send that up the old poll and uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, let the guys know we do work hard on that, and thank you very much. So uh, the Giants here, believe it or not, Three and seven, right in the middle of this division race, Chris. They've won two straight, two games where they did not turn the ball over. A big reason why they've won two straight. Where have you seen the Giants grow the most as as, as you've kind of gone over their game tape heading into this game against the Bengals? Well, the running game, right? The last five games, and I have a I have a stat where we talked about it in one of our production meetings about the graphic for rushing yards for the first five games as opposed to the last five games. Uh, here's something new. We did this on the Eagles uh, broadcast is that the RPOs are, are, are is part of the Giants offense now. And when Saquon does come back, yeah, I think it'll be a main part of their offense uh, for Jason Garrett moving forward because of Daniel Jones' ability to run the football. I mean, I was just so impressed with him on film and his ability to read that zone read and then also throw off of that. If you can put that in and use that accordingly, it's such a difficult guy to stop. And you force a defense to kind of play like the old triple option. When even back when I played, when we played against wishbone teams or triple option teams, one guy has a one guy has to have the handoff, one guy has to have the dive. And oh, by the way, you got to be alert for the pass off of that. So everybody just has to be disciplined in their assignments. If not, I think uh, you know Daniel Jones, especially in a short yardage and goal line, like I mentioned, is, is such a threat with the football, and he's doing a very good job. I think we pointed this out in the broadcast. I can't quite remember, but I just remember watching film of of protecting that football inside that pocket. He's getting two hands on it. And um, also when he's about to take contact, the only thing I would like to see for him, because I think it's vital for the Giants offense to continue to improve, is that he's got to learn when to uh, protect himself and use the rules that the league has set up to protect the quarterbacks to his advantage as far as being a runner. And a guy that I would advise, two guys that I think he needs to watch tape on as far as running the football are Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, yep. who have mastered the ability to use the rules to their advantage, get as many yards as they can. And, oh, by the way, they do a great job of not taking any unnecessary hits. 
No, Chris, I'm with you. And, you know, it's funny. Dak Prescott was one of those guys too, right? And he seemed invincible. He's such a big guy just like Daniel Jones. But you never know. You get hit the wrong way that one time, and all of a sudden everything changes. Yeah. But, you know, it's well, funny. big guys are big targets. Yep. So no. that's another thing. Yo, Kyler's not a big target. Russell's no. not a big target. <laughs> Very easy for those guys to get that on the ground, absolutely. Yeah. And it, it is funny, you know, and the thing about Daniel Jones running the ball, Chris, you know, he isn't keeping the ball and running for six or seven yards. He's keeping the ball and, and getting explosive plays. And you're right, I was watching the – um, watching back their win against Philadelphia, and you see that backside safety, you see that backside linebacker, they have to wait that extra second or two to attack Wayne Gallman, to attack Alfred Morris, and it really yeah. does create extra room in that running game when you have to worry about Jones pulling it and running for a potential big play. Well, and you saw, I think it was uh, Sweat Kid from Philadelphia came on that first touchdown run by Daniel in the last game. I, I, my memory, I think, is right on this. It was either Sweater Barnett jumped inside on the handoff, and yep. Daniel had a great read, tucked it, and went in for the touchdown. And, and you know, I, I think the receivers are, are doing a good job. Uh, Austin Mack stepped up, and Austin is an interesting guy. He's got a boatload of talent, really good tracker, the deep ball. If Golden's mind is right, and I understand, you know, he's, he's a competitor. He wants the ball. I get all that. Hopefully all that's behind him because when his mind is right, he's a really – Really good player. Slayton burst onto the scene last year. Then if Evan, in my opinion, just get a little bit more consistent, I mean, he is a, I'm thinking of a defense, like a, the mind of a defensive coordinator right now. He's such a nightmare matchup, man. It's just because what are you going to, who are you going to put on him? So you almost have to take two. So when you take two to put on Evan, then you, then you know, then your guys outside are working one on one and they got to win those battles. But I think they're coming along and I, I don't know what the feeling of Wayne Gallman is in New York. Now we but like I know him. the feeling I have about him. I, like I love him. the guy, man. I, I'm not saying he's a 1A, but he's definitely a 1B. And the way he's taken advantage of, I don't know if this is his second or third opportunity, but the way he's taken advantage of, that's that's something I love to see any player do. It's a feel-good story for me, and I'm all about the guys that, you know, get knocked back or hanging on by a limb, get another opportunity and make the most of it. And I think uh, – the emergence of Wayne Gallman has been fun for a football fan, not not a Giants fan, just a football fan, to see him kind of come into his own. So I've been really impressed with him on the offensive side of the ball. Not Chris, we agree, and he kind of fits that one-cut downhill power scheme in the running game. I love game. it, yeah. And, you know, they run a lot of counters. They run a lot of those, uh, you know, double teams, get to the second level type stuff. And yeah. and that kind of leads us to the offensive line, right? So the Giants made the move at the bye week. Um, they moved on right. from Mark Colombo. I Dave heard. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, and uh, Dave oh DeGuglielmo moves in. It. it is the biggest story <laughs> ever, Chris. So how do you think that now impacts – how the Giants work here on the offensive line. Joe Judge was asked the other day, he said, look, we're not going to make wholesale changes because in week yeah. 10, that frankly is cookie talk and crazy. So uh, how yeah. do you think that does affect the scheme, the offensive line, the individual players with technique? How is this going to impact the Giants for the final six games? I want you to pronounce his name again because i got to practice this. Dave DeGuglielmo. Nice. Right. A <laughs> lot of Italians I'm in New saying. York. I have practice, Chris. <laughs> Uh, look, here's uh, obviously every, it's a bigger story in New York. It's a big story, but it, it's you know I, I get all these clippings and you know Pat does a great job with the PR of sending everything, all that. So I, I'm just tired of hearing about it, right? And, and look at it like this: I'm a I'm going back when I was a player, all right. So 
the buddy that I'm playing besides just blew his ACL and his Achilles tendon. He's gone. Doesn't matter. Doesn't change the mission. I feel bad for him. Next guy in there. And, you know, I, I get, I, I've been on teams, I forget the year, they fired our offensive coordinator week 12. New guys calling plays. Doesn't matter. You still have your job to do. And here's the key to success. I believe in this. And this is leadership. It's leadership at all levels and all different, uh, uh, whatever sports. But I'm around football coaches. And this is what I've learned about this COVID year and about leadership. Okay? Leadership is defined by being responsible, by being courageous, by being optimistic, and, and, and by pushing forward no matter what the circumstance. It's not defined by uh, blame, shame, or guilt. That's not leadership. Leadership, the guy is always moving everybody forward no matter the circumstances. I've seen it with good teams this year and maybe teams that have struggled. Everybody's looking to point the finger this or that. It doesn't matter who's the offensive line coach. You can bring grandma in. My grandmother <laughs> could coach offensive line, by the way. She had great techniques on feet and hands. And she could tell the guys, hey, you got to get your hands inside. Hey, you got to cut the, uh, cut, got to get a cutoff block. And guys are going to listen to whoever there's coach to. If this, this is the key. It's not about playing for coaches. It's not about playing for fans. It's not about playing for ownership. It's not even about playing for your family. It's about playing for each other. And when every man is committed to play for each other, to play for your brother, to play for that guy next to you that's actually in the arena, when you get that feeling, then guess who benefits? The coaches, the fans, the ownership, and the families. And that's the key. That's got to be the number one thing. And that's what I see the giant players do is no matter what the circumstances are, to me, they are playing for each other. And that's a good thing. And that's credit to Joe. Don't play for Joe Judge. Play for you. Yeah, absolutely. That's my philosophy anyway. No, Chris, I'm with you. And I think you have to like, by the way, the progress we've seen from this team. Look, everyone knew for a team like the Giants it was going to be a slow start this year, right? They had a really tough schedule. Right. Rams, Bears, Steelers, 49ers, teams that returned all their coaches from last year. You have a young team. It was going to be a rough start. But what have you seen from this team that should make Giant fans confident that they have their head coach here uh, for the long go? So close games they were losing. Then they started winning close games, right? The, the first loss to Philadelphia – they could have went in a tank, and it's almost, oh, here we go again. But they didn't. They bounced back and beat Washington. Then they beat Philadelphia. Quarterback didn't turn the ball over. Defense is getting better. I think uh, Dave Gettleman made some really good additions. At front four, I love the front four of the Giants. I think the addition of Blake was uh, big. There's consistency and stability at the middle linebacker position. Just making plays. If he's not making plays seven yards down the field, he's making plays where linebackers are supposed to be playing. Bradbury's been tremendous. Uh, the, the addition of Logan Ryan, Jabril Peppers. If you don't love fo football players, and I mean, Jabril is average man-to-man -man guy, but a really, really good football player all around. Those are guys you can win with uh, because they're good and they play for each other. And it seems to me, that there's no egos involved on that defensive side of the ball. No, there isn't. And Adams playing better, by the way, the past two weeks, in my opinion. No, he is. And, Chris, the funny thing about it is, and you got to give Patrick Graham credit, right? He comes from that 
uh, Belichick school where you know if you gave him some truth serum, he'd want to play a lot of cover one, right? Play a lot of man-to-man, pressure up, bump and run. But he saw pretty early that, look, I don't have necessarily the horses to do that. This team is best suited to play a lot more zone, keep things in front of you. You got Blake Martinez, who's a smart guy. Logan Ryan you can disguise with. When you look at this defense, why have they been so effective, even though they don't have another top cornerback across from Barry? They don't have a top edge rusher. Why have they been able to be as solid and successful as they've been? So I'm I'm just curious. Uh, One thing that I noticed, and I always check myself, the, the league is reverting back to running the football. We had a, a graphic on or something. I don't know. I, I saw some analytical point. Teams that run the ball over 35 times win the game 89% of the time. So the league gets it, right? They're running the football. And where are the Giants really good? Their front seven is really good. Yep. I mean, as a unit, that defensive line as a unit is a top five, top six defensive line as a unit, in my opinion, as far as run stoppers, right? And they're only getting better being run stoppers. They are a little bit bend but don't break, meaning zone. They do a good job of eliminating yards after catch when they do play zone. Uh, ideally, Patrick, I'm sure, wouldn't want to be total man coverage across the board. Third and three, third and four, yeah, you'd like to play man. But then you got to be careful, right? If you're playing man and we play a guy like uh, Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson or Teddy Bridgewater or – whoever the guy may be, uh, then you have to be of concern. Like, even if, if Joe was playing this week, because Joe could take off and run and get you a first down. Sure. So there's that fine mixture that you want to have and uh, playing man and playing zone and zone pressures and man pressures and all that kind of good stuff. I should ask you about Daniel Jones before we get to this matchup in the NFC East specifically, Chris. Um, we talked about him as a runner. How about him as a passer? Where have you seen him continue to grow? You talked about the ball protection with the fumbles. How about getting yeah. through his progressions, getting off that first guy, getting to your second guy, making good decisions? What have you seen from Jones over the course of this season in terms of where he's improved? Well, I did the Washington game, right? And then I think he's getting better and better. And I think his weapons have gotten better around him. I don't think he was surrounded by great, surrounded with great weapons last year. I think this year it's just a little bit better, and I can't emphasize enough. And this is my philosophy and my line of thinking. When you have a player like Evan Ingram, that helps the people. By Evan's presence, and people can get on Evan all they want, I'm just telling you, when I talk to defensive coordinators as a player, when there's a tight end or whatever Evan's position is, he's a move guy, he can be slot, that takes two. Because if you put a linebacker, it's over. You can't put a linebacker on a 4-4 guy yep. like Evan, and an athlete like Evan Ingram. So you have to account for him. And I think Daniel's done a good job of spreading the ball around. I think Slayton has grown as a receiver. And I think he's, I think his decision-making is better. And it's only going to get better because he works really, really hard. And if you talk to Daniel, and you know, Daniel's uh, – Got a lot of Eli in him. He's not going to say much to you. But the yep. one thing he always emphasizes and talks about is his decision-making and how that's improved. And I think it's uh, evident on tape. Hey, Giant fans, just want to remind you, you can get a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with the Giants brand, the debit card, security features, and discounts at the Giants online shop. You can earn up to $250 when you open an account at InvestorsBank.com Giants. Member FDIC. 
We're joined by Fox NFL analyst and former NFL linebacker Chris Spielman. You know, Chris, I imagine on, on your assignments the rest of the year, you're going to see a lot of NFC East teams, and you've seen a lot of the NFC East teams yeah. as we've gone along here. Boy, crazy division. Uh, all the teams with three wins. The Eagles have the half-game advantage. Dallas and the Giants probably have the easiest schedules the rest of the way. We have Dallas and Washington on Thanksgiving, which is going to be a big game. How do you kind of break down this horse race here with six games left? Well, I got a saying that, hey, what do you think of the NFL, Chris? And I, I have no idea. <laughs> I see a Detroit Lions team that scored – 20 points in 15 straight games or something get shut out by the 30th-ranked defense in the Carolina Panthers. So, I mean, I, I think this. I think as long as you're still in control of your own destiny at Thanksgiving, it's pretty good. And I think all these teams are still in control of their own destiny to a certain extent, at least trying to get to that playoff sure. hunt. So, I, I, I you know, I, I'm – I'm but I'd rather be the New York Giants right now than the Philadelphia Eagles of the information that we have today because the Giants are, are going up. They're playing a team that's struggling, trying to find itself with a backup quarterback, and the Eagles seem to be trending down. The Giants are in as good position as anybody. They really are because I, I think they're a young team, and they play, man. Do They play hard, and as a guy that – lasted or survived or whatever you want to call it in this league for 11 years. Uh, I appreciate that. And I can't wait to watch him play on Sunday. Hey, Giant fans and New York Giants and Quest Diagnostics want our fans to come back stronger than ever. Now you can order your own lab test through Quest Direct to get the health answers you need most. We're joined by Fox NFL analyst and former NFL linebacker Chris Spielman. Okay, well, let's briefly talk about the game here, Chris. How do you prepare for this game now if you're the Giants? You know, I'm sure the coaches the last two days have been looking at all the tendencies. This is what they do. This is, you know, how often they run in certain situations. This is when they run. This is when they pass. How much do things change now when you see Brandon Allen in there who's never taken a snap in that offense for the Bengals and you're trying to get ready? You know, how difficult is that to prepare for if you're Patrick Graham and the Giants' defensive staff? The only thing that changes – for me, and I don't think it applies. I don't think they change at all. Mm. The only thing that changes for me as a coordinator as far as preparation is you bring a new guy in there. Your schemes and what you do and what you do well, you're always going to do. If they were bringing in a thrower that can run, and I'm not saying Brandon can't run, but he's not, you know, it's not like we're playing Kyler Murray back there of course. or Russell or anybody like that. So I don't think Patrick changes anything. Why? They're, they're going to run the Cincinnati Bengals offense. They're not going to change the offense. So each defense, you have an assignment. You have a responsibility against a certain formation and down in distance. The defensive coordinator calls the defense on what he thinks that formation is, or Blake might make a change with the line of scrimmage and what that formation is off the down in distance. And you go tackle the guy, and you do your responsibility. And that's defense. Well, let's not overcomplicate. That's my this is my philosophy. I'm not saying you are, but it's just my philosophy. No, absolutely. Do you think that they'll be as pass heavy as a team as they've been with Joe Burrow? I think they have like the third, the 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 third lowest one percentage in the league. I don't think they league. want to be right, but you know, <laughs> the Bengals are playing from behind all the That's time. That's a good point. So. That's a good point. You yeah, uh, but and you don't have Joe Mixon, who's a really good player. I don't know if you how much you've got to see of Joe. Oh, he's excellent. Over the years. For, I love the guy, and, uh, you know, Gio Bernard's a nice player. The guy of the Bengals need to – if I were 
Zach Taylor, I'd challenge Samaj P. Ryan. You know this because you're a football guy and you follow football. Do you know that Samaj P. Ryan once held, I don't know if he still does, the NCAA record for most yards in a football game? Yeah, it's funny. We actually had a lot of discussion about him when he got drafted. What was it, 2018, I think, Chris? And a lot of Giant fans loved his frame, his size, his strength. A lot of Giant fans wanted him. So did I. I I don't know what – but he's got a – you know, he's got a – up the game here. He's the one that if I – I'm not talking in a negative way or, hey, if you don't get 50, 60 yards, I'm going to cut you. Not that. Just a – Samajay, this is your time. This is your opportunity. It's time for you to go, man. We need you. And that, you know, see if he gets that spark because we all thought, including Giants fans, that uh, Samajay was was the guy. Final question, Chris. How do you go about attacking the Bengals' defense? Uh, I run right. I run right down their throat. I'm changing. You know, I'm I, I'm going. What I've seen teams with success do is run the football. And just pound people, and I think the Giants do have that ability. And we talked about at the top of the podcast the improving rushing game of the Giants. And uh, I, I, you know, it's, it's something crazy. Like it's almost a seventy-yard difference. And I think it was seventy-seven. You, you'll have to look this up, but this roughly seventy-seven. The first five games running the football, uh, one hundred and forty-two yards running the football. The last five games. Chris, awesome stuff, my friend. Have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. We look forward to you on the call, Giants and Bengals, on Sunday and Fox at 1 o'clock. Be safe, my friend. All right. God bless you. Thank you. That's Fox analyst Chris Spielman. Again, he's going to be on the call for Giants and Bengals Sunday at 1 o'clock. want to remind everybody that the Giants Huddle Podcast is part of the Giants Podcast Network, which is presented by Investors Bank. Make sure you go to Giants.com slash podcast, the Giants mobile app, or your favorite podcast platforms to find the archives of all our podcasts, including the Giants Huddle, Giants Rewind, which is our X's and O's breakdown after each game, and, of course, Big Blue Kickoff Live, our daily call show, every day at noon on Giants.com. For Chris Spielman, I'm John Schmoke. Thanks so much for joining us today. Everybody have a safe and happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you next time.